everyone to another episode of bedtime with dan today's story will be the archer and the island beast but before that um i've got some amazing news that i thought i'll just throw it here so jim that we normally have on um every 10 episodes obviously he couldn't be here for episode 50 because they're having a baby and it was born yesterday um tiny little thing absolutely beautiful so congratulations to jim and his wife you know take some rest now they're gonna they obviously both on paternity leave and everything they're gonna have the hands full with that little one but congratulations guys so on with the story the archer and the island beast is an old clan tale from the northeast of scotland that is similar to the story of william tell the saying of moray was a cruel and greedy man he ruled the Feardom of Elgin in the north of Scotland, neither wisely nor well. The people on the on his lands lived in poverty, for he made them pay heavy taxes and did not look after them, though this was his duty. In the Thanes' Feardom, there was a small stretch of water known as Loch Loy. It was surrounded by thick forests, fertile fields and a pretty village. Near the village there lived a boy. His home was a rough wooden shelter he made himself at the edge of the forest. He had no parents, nor grandparents, nor indeed any family whatsoever. As he had neither kith nor kin, he had no name and was always referred to as the boy. The boy could hunt better than anyone else in the area and was surprisingly skilled with an arrow and a bow. Using a single arrow, he could bring down a running rabbit in a field or the swiftest deer in the forest. Often he gave what he caught to the children of the village. Each autumn, when flocks of migrating birds came through the tiny island in the middle of the Loch Loy, the boy would help the villagers capture some of them. He'd dip an arrowhead in the bucket of pitch that stood beside the village fire and lift a glowing peat and place it in a clay pot. Taking these with him, he'd hide a in a rowing boat and let the current ferry him over the island. When he got there, he'd set an arrow alight and fire it amongst the birds. Everyone waited with their nets spread in the happy hope of trapping a tasty meal for Christmas time. The village were grateful for an extra food the boy could provide, for all those who lived under the rule of the Thane were growing poorer and hungrier. One autumn, as well as migrating birds arrived in the village, Something truly terrifying appeared. The sky darkened as the enormous winged beast with hooked talons, glintering eyes and a gaping mouth flew overhead. Three times it circled above the forest and the fields before pouncing on the village. It gobbled 16 sacks of grain from the miller's store and 19 long loaves from the baker's shop. It guzzled a gallon of water from the lock and then looked about for somewhere to rest. The birds fled and the beast claimed the island of Loch Loy for its own. The island beast was lazy and not inclined to fly far, or indeed leave the island, to find food to eat, but it had no need to. The local villagers were so scared of the island beast that they made sure to feed it regularly. Every week they piled the beast's dinner onto a small boat and sent it to sail over to the island. During the course of the next seven days, the beast would eat the food on the boat and occasionally, if it was... Especially hungry, it would eat the boat, the boat as well. When the people heard the awful crunching noise of the beast's teeth munching through the boat and saw the splinters and broken pieces of wood floating in the water, they tried to make sure that the beast had even more food the following week. 
If they did not manage to do this, then the beast would roar in anger, stagger to its feet, and take off into the air. As the noise echoed round the lock, the village children ran, screaming to hide indoors. With a sound like roaring thunder, the beast flapped its leathery wings and swooped low over the rooftops to snatch a dog or a cat, and once even an old woman who was warming herself by the village fire. The news of this reached the ears of the thane in his castle. He decided he would have to get rid of his freedom of the island beast. This wasn't because of the people in the area of Loch Loy were in danger or might starve to death. He did not care about that. What worried him was that if the villagers finished all of their supplies, they would not be able to pay the taxes to him. And so the thane called to his guards and marched with them to Loch Loy. At first the people of Loch Loy were glad when the thane arrived. They thought he had come to battle against the island beast. But the thane made himself and his men comfortable in their houses and he ordered the villagers to go and slay the beast. The people begged him to send his guards to kill the beast, but the thane refused, saying that he would not risk the lives of his well-trained men. However, he offered to lend the villagers swords and shields to help them fight the island beast. The villagers pointed out that they did not know how to use swords and shields, as they were not soldiers. At this time the thane laughed, and said sooner they learn the better. He told the guards to put a few villagers in a boat and set a course for the island. They did not come back. The thanes sent more. They did not come back. The thanes sent some more. They also did not return. When the thane heard of a boy who was so accurate in his aim that he never missed his target, he sent for him and said, I order you to go to the island of Loch Loy and kill the island beast. The boy looked at the thane of Moray and said, What if I refuse? You will die where you stand, the thane, the thane shouted, furious that the boy should question his order. I do not fear death, the boy said quietly. The thane sneered at him. I will burn down the village and the forest. I will drive off the cattle and destroy the crops in the fields. I will make slaves of these people and their children. The boy looked at the thane and said, Very well, I will obey your order. The thane was angry at the boy's manner and he decided to punish him. Let us see how marvellous a hunter you really are, he said. You will be allowed to take only one arrow with you to the island. The boy selected an arrow from his quiver and examined it carefully. He laid it down near the bucket of pitch by the village fire. Then he chose another arrow, dipped it into the pitch bucket, and this one, along with the glowing peat in the clay pot, he took with him. He left the first arrow behind. The villagers made ready the boat that ferried the supplies to the island beast. Many of them, particularly the children, wept on seeing the boy climb aboard. The boat was packed with three cows, three hogs and a duck. The boy lay down and hid himself while the boat was cast loose to drift and the current across the waters of Loch Loy. When he bumped onto the island, the boy peeped over the rim of the boat. The huge head of the beast was directly in front of him. He peered closer. The beast was sleeping. If he was to kill the island beast using only one arrow, it had to be awake, and it might attack him. He had faced wild beasts in the forest, but none like this. The boy's heart began to beat hard in his chest. Then he thought of the villagers' children becoming slaves of that ruthless thane, and he summoned his courage of what he could do. First he chased the three cows off the boat. The cows wandered towards the field, mooing in the sight of the green grass. The island beast opened one eye a tiny bit. Ah, it grunted. There is the main course of my meal. Next, the boy pushed the two hogs off the boat. The hogs ran directly to the large rain puddle, 
snorting at the sight of the deep mud. The island beast opened the other guy a tiny bit. Ah, it growled. There is the dessert course of my meal. Last of all, the boy flapped his hand so that the duck flew off the boat and came to rest by the shoreline, quacking at the sight of clear water. The island beast opened both eyes and its mouth too. Ah, it bellowed. There will be the starter course of the meal. It stretched its neck towards the water to eat the duck in one single gulp. The boy stood up. He set his arrow alight and shot it straight and true. The blazing arrow flew down the beast's throat and pierced its heart right through. With a hideous howl, the island beast's head crashed to the ground and thud shook the whole island. When the people of Loch Loy saw the boy returning, they cheered loudly and raised him onto their shoulders. They carried him to the village. In the centre of the village, the thane waited with his arms folded. Everyone was rejoicing, but the thane was not pleased. He could see that the villagers loved the boy and that by slaying the island beast, he would gain great fame and influence. The boy could easily become their leader because he was brave and good. People would follow him and eventually they might rebel against the thane. Then the thane noticed the arrow the boy had left behind near the bucket of pitch by the, by the village fire. He pointed to it. Explain to me, he addressed the boy, why you laid an arrow there before you went to slay the island beast. What was the purpose of that arrow? The boy picked up the arrow and he looked at the thane of Moray and said, If I had missed the beast, but had managed to escape, I would have used this arrow to kill you. The thane of Moray smiled, and his smile was more terrible than his anger. Seize him, he cried. The boy slotted the arrow in his bow, took steady aim and said, If any man moves towards me, you die. Go from here and leave my people alone. The thane realised that he would have no more power if he allowed himself to be bested by an upstart boy. My man will not move against you, he said. They will move against your friends. And he made a sign with his hand to his guards, who immediately seized several of the children. You may kill me, said the thane, but if you do, these children too will die. The boy hesitated. He gripped his bow more tightly. Slowly he drew back the bowstring. The fathers yelled and the mothers shrieked, but the children remained still, for they knew the boy. He had not fed them secretly. He had not fed them secretly when they were hungry. He had not made them bows and arrows so that they too could learn to hunt. They trusted the boy and watched him calmly. Quickly the boy dipped the arrow pointed in the pitch bucket and lit it with the fire. Then he let it go, shooting the flaming arrow high into the air. The thane's, the thane's men grabbed him and he was dragged off to the castle. The thane announced to the people, must, must assemble there in the morning where the boy would be executed for rebelling against the overlord. It happened that the king of Scotland and his army were approaching the lands of Moray. His messengers had reported the presence of the island beast and he was making his way north with his soldiers to see whether he could have helped the people. The king spotted the fiery arrow arcing into the sky, and he urged his men, We must hurry, he said. A brave fighter needs our help. The king and his men galloped hard and fast until at nightfall they reached the castle of the thane. There the king asked why a burning arrow had been fired into the sky. The thane told him that it had been a signal to start a rebellion which he had crushed, and the ringleader was to be executed the following morning. When the king inquired as to how he could help 
kill the island beast, the thane said that he himself had slain it with his own sword. He entertained the king with a magnificent feast and told how many lies about how he had treated the people of Moray. But this king was a clever king. In addition to listening to the thane, he listened to he listened to what others were saying. He heard the servants speaking in the hall and the cook's conversation in the kitchen. He heard the maids murmuring in their pantry and the grooms gossiping at the stables. This clever king looked in the face of the thane and saw greed and cruelty. He looked at the face of the people and their children and he saw fear and hunger. When morning came, the boy was led out to be executed. The king raised his hand. Stop, he ordered. I would hear a plea from the accused. The boy told his story plainly of how the people paid taxes they could not afford, of how they obliged to give a portion of their livestock and their crops to the thane so that there was not enough for themselves, of how they had fed what they had left to the island beast, of how the thane had sent villagers to slay the beast with no help from him or his men. The thane declared the boy's story to be false. The argument arose and the king summoned the youngest children who could speak. Four, he said. From the mouths of the little ones come forth and true. But being a clever king, he had also sent a trusted adviser to search the island of Loch Loy. This man reported to the island beast had been slain with a blazing arrow shot down the throat to pierce its heart and not by the sword of the thane. The youngest child spoke clearly to the king of how the villagers lived and how they fed the island beast each week. He told of how the thane had come to visit them when they could pay their taxes of cattle and in kind, but how the thane would not send his men to fight the beast, but made the boy go to the island with his bow and a single arrow. The boy had slain the island beast, and now the thane intended to kill the boy. The king cast the thane into the deepest dungeon, and he ordered the boy to be released and brought before him. Boy of no name, said the king, I will bestow a name upon you. For the day forth you will be called Brogak, or Brody, which means sturdy lad. You will be chief of a new clan, and the symbol of this clan will be a hand clutching arrows in its fist. Thus the boy became Brody, chief of his own clan, and he wore the crest of a hand clutching arrows in its fist. And Brody lived long, and the rule of his people were wise and well. Can't beat a, uh, a story of an island beast on a Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we've almost come to the end of this book, um, and then I'll be finding something else to read. Hope your week's going well, and I'll catch you Friday for our normal show. See you later, guys.